All right, I want to pray one more time just for the message. If you would bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we do thank you for this day. God, we give you all the glory, Lord God. We thank you for your word like we heard about in Sunday school. What a gift and a treasure we have in our Bible, Lord. That you would speak to our hearts this morning, God. Help us to clearly hear the voice of our good shepherd. And help us to follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 15. We're going to skip around and we're going to read, to, just to start the message this morning, read three different passages from Genesis, dealing with the life of Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, and the promise of the promised child, Isaac, that God made to them. This was before they had a child. Uh, Sarah was barren. They had, had not had children all through their lives, have been unable to. But God promised them a child in their old age. Abraham was 75. Sarah was 65 when the promise was made. Remember, they had tried all their lives and had no children. God comes and makes a covenant and a promise with them, which is going to require faith on both of their parts to receive. Amen? So read with me, if you would, Genesis 15, 1 through 4. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this one Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. So this was the second time the promise was made. And he said, look, I've, Lord, I still don't, don't have a son. And uh, you're telling me we're going to have a child. I've got one in my house, uh, uh, Eleazar, who's my right-hand man, my steward in my house. He's going to be the heir to everything I have. The Lord says, that's not going to be your heir. That's not the promised child that I promise you. This child's going to come out of your own bowels, created from your own body. Now, I want you to skip down to chapter 16 and read verses 1 through 3. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Hagar, Abram, behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray, they, I pray thee, go in unto my handmaid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened unto the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, Abram, to be his wife. Now I want you to skip down to chapter 18. Genesis 18, we're going to read verses 10 through 15. And he said, the Lord came and spoke to Abraham again. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure 
my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but you did laugh. So the Lord heard this, okay? And I want to talk about this because I'll read this scripture. Just keep it in mind, the promise that was made. And we see Abraham and Sarah doubting the Lord. We've all doubted the Lord at times. But that's not the end of the story. And that's not the end of the story with any of us for the Lord. There are times we fail God. There are times we doubt the Lord. There's times when we know better. We don't do what we should do as believers, as Christians. Don't let that be the end of your story. Okay? Because I'll read this. You don't need to turn there. But in Hebrews, the chapter of faith, of all people, why would Abraham and Sarah be mentioned in the chapter of faith that highlights heroes of the faith? We just read three times. Then they didn't, they laughed, you know, didn't believe the Lord. Maybe, maybe we'll have a child this way through somebody else. And this is how it ends. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him, that's Abram, as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. This is a message this morning on faith, but I want to talk specifically, I believe what the Lord gave me, is a message on failing but learning from our failures. The thought I had was this, we can fail the test but learn the lesson. This is pretty much the, the thought for the whole morning. We might at times fail the test and learn the lesson, which is far more valuable. To learn the lesson that the Lord spiritually is trying to teach us. In fact, I don't believe any failure is truly a complete failure unless we fail to learn from it. A failure itself is of no value. It's just a failure. I failed. I failed to trust God. I failed in some way in life. It's of no value other than or except we learn from it. We learn from it. Then it becomes more than just a failure. It became a springboard to something greater. It came a way or a means by which I was strengthened and built up. That's what the Lord is desiring to do. That's what he's desiring to do in all of our lives. Uh, Thomas Edison, famous American inventor, was questioned about how, and you've probably heard this quote before, you know, how did he deal with all that frustration and all that failure to invent the incandescent light bulb? How many failures he had over and over and over and over and over again. He kept plugging away and going back into his laboratory and, and, and working on this. Thomas Edison said, I have not failed 10,000 times. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. And so sometimes in life, this is no making no uh, a plea that we should go out and fail. This is making a plea that we would learn from the times that we do fail. Thomas Edison learned, okay? He learned a way, said, I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. I know, I've checked them off my list. That doesn't work, okay? So he's not going to repeat that. 
He'll go on to something else and do it until it does work. The Apostle Paul said that uh, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And we think about that, that verse and he's not just, it's more than just Paul was content in every state that he was in. He talked about poverty or, or wealth, whatever state he's in, hungry or having a lot of food, he learned to be content. It's not just that Paul was content in every state. It's to me, it's the, the fact that Paul learned to be content. That means at some point in his life, he failed to be content, and he came to a place where he learned in Christ to be content. Learning from our failures. some point, I bet Paul failed to be content, and God taught him. And he says, yes, Lord. And he learned to be content in prison or in a shipwreck, right? Or being, uh, uh, you know, in trouble and perils among his brethren and so forth. Failing the test, but learning the lesson. It seems contradictory, but it's not. We might fail a test, but learn from it and grow from it. The Navy SEALs, and I think actually it's all of our uh, special forces that are trained. There's something called drown proofing especially for the Navy SEALs, that their, their habitat is water. I mean, their specialty is water and moving silently through water and, and staying on target and so forth where they're going. And in, in their training, uh, there's a spe specific part of their training that's the toughest of all. I don't know every detail, but they're, uh, they're, it's called drown proofing. And their hands and feet, are, their hands are tied behind their backs and their feet are tied together and they're put in like a 20 foot pool and they have to keep bobbing up and down. It sounds, sounds easy, but it says it's not. To push off the bottom, come up, catch, catch a breath and they sink back down. They can't swim and they have to do this I think 20 times and there's other tests they have in the water. Some are actually, it's not necessarily on purpose, but they're brought to a place of, of drowning and they're revived. Okay, they're not killing them, but they're brought to a place of failure, to a place um, of brokenness, and they might fail some tests like that, but, but learn the lesson and be moved on um, in advance. And we all, as, as believers, the Bible says that our faith, what is, what is being tested by the Lord? What is being tested in the life of the believer? What do we read about in the scripture? It's a test of our faith. It was a test of Abraham and Sarah's faith, right? That the trying or testing of your faith, Peter says, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory, glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So our, our faith is being tested, and we might utterly fail some point. I'm not advocating it. I'm saying we might utterly fail some test of our faith, but grow in it from it and learn from it failed in some way and yet learned from it all this is very very important in our christian life the longer i've walked with the lord and and even when i read about other men and women of god they had places and times in their lives when they should have done better when they by that point they should have been more, more mature or whatever and they failed the lord in some way but we don't stay there that's not the end of our story we want there to be a hebrews chapter 11 written about us okay, in heaven, in our lives. And so we have to, to learn. It's only a failure if we don't learn from it. We can either, when we fail, 
when you and I fail, and I'm talking about it in our, in our Christian life, this would be all walks of life, but what's most important is our walk with Jesus Christ, okay? But we all, at some point, uh, might fail the Lord. We can either do one of two things. We can learn from it and grow, or we can not learn from it. That's pretty basic, right? And we can repeat the same failure. Thomas Edison didn't repeat the nine... 1,999 failed attempts. He learned from those. So you could say he sure failed a lot. Well, I guess he did fail a lot. You know, baseball players, my boys played baseball. We have athletes in here, people that play golf or whatever. You know, par is the score you should shoot, and you try to get under that. I think about baseball players, the absolute best of the best of the best of hitters in baseball don't get a hit and don't get on base about uh, 70% of the time. 70%, and they're the best, okay? We, we have failures in our life. We can learn from them, spiritually speaking, or we can repeat the same mistake, not learning from them, and repeat the same mistake. Or we could even uh, come to a place where we give up. I'm talking about our, uh, we give up on, on our walk and walk away from the Lord and, the, and maybe the things of God. Proverbs uh, 24, 16 says, For a just man, it's a righteous man, falleth seven times and riseth up again. Hallelujah. Doesn't say you never fall. A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. I just say the wicked just stay there. They just stay and they don't grow and they don't learn. They don't come to the Lord so many times, but a righteous man may fall seven times, but he's because part of his righteousness is that he gets up again. He gets up and he, he rises again. So that to me is learning, okay? We've all failed the Lord. I'm not pointing my finger. I'm saying it's, this is a generality of Christians. We have all, since we have been saved, failed the Lord at times. Failed to do his will. Failed to take a stand for Christ. Failed to be faithful to God at times. Failed to represent the Lord rightly before men. Failed to trust him as we should. I'll just let that sink in. Have you ever failed in any of those areas? Failed to take a stand for the Lord. Failed to trust him. It's not the pattern of your life, but have you before failed to trust God? Have you failed to take a stand for the Lord? Failed to do his will? And when we as God's children fail the Lord in some way or sin or disobey or doubt or we're ashamed of the gospel of Christ at certain times, listen, this is important to note, we will always find forgiveness. That's not the question. When you and I as believers sin against the Lord, we fail the Lord in some way, call it what it is, confess it to God, we will always find mercy and forgiveness and restoration when we turn to him. Every time. Every time. Well, this is so many times. The Lord's not going to forgive me this time. Yes, he is. When we turn to the Lord and go to him, we are going to find forgiveness. The psalmist said, but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I love this. This is even speaking about a wicked man. Let the wicked man, Isaiah says, forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. 
People that don't know the Lord, they get a wrong picture. They just hear about God, and they think He's strict, and they think about the Ten Commandments, and they think about, uh, I don't know, just how it's no fun to serve God, and they're afraid. But everything in this Bible, He's saying, come. And you're going to find forgiveness and mercy and restoration. He will abundantly pardon, okay? And so this is our God. But I'll say this, besides forgiveness, thank God for forgiveness. And where would we be? If we weren't forgiven for our sins, even as Christians, if there was not still mercy and forgiveness for those that are born again, there is. But God desires more than that and intends more than that for you and for me when we fail. And that is this. He desires for his people to grow. We failed. Abraham failed. Sarah failed. There's no doubt about it. When you look at just that passage, say in Genesis 15. Genesis 16, Genesis 18, just in those passages, how they responded to the promise of God that was promised, they failed in that moment, but they did not stay in that unbelief, okay? He desires for us to grow, so it's not just forgiveness that the Lord desires for us when we fail. Thank God for it, but he desires us to actually grow and to learn from our past sins, failures, growing in Christ, and we have to ask ourselves these questions. We have to be honest with the Lord. You have to spend time with the Lord. How many of you know that? It's a relationship. You can't put your Christianity on autopilot and think it's going to be okay because you have all your doctrinal things straight. It is a relationship. You could not do that in your marriage. You could not do it with your children. For those that have children, you, it, we, we have to spend time with the Lord. And if I've sinned in some way or failed the Lord, I need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, please forgive me. I did this. I was ashamed of you in public today around people. And, and it was sin, and God forgive me. And he says, I forgive you. But we need to go on beyond that and say, Lord, why did I fail like that? What is it in me that caused me to fail like that? Why did I do that? How did I fall into that sin? Given different scenarios, how did I fall into that sin? This point in my Christianity, why was I? Uh, why did I fail to take a stand for you at that moment? Why did I commit that same exact sin for the ten thousandth time? We need to go to the Lord and talk to Him. Is examining ourselves, and we should always find we we'll always find forgiveness. But we also need to learn from that and grow from that. We need to turn for the Lord. We ought not stay the same. I say it all the time. None of us is complete. We talked last week about edifying of the body in Christ. So we all come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ, right? That perfect man, uh, completeness in our Christianity. None of us is there yet. But at the same time, we should be able to look at our lives and say, I'm farther along than I was a year ago, five years ago. We ought to be able to look at our lives, honestly, not judging us by each other, but judging by the word of God and say, you know what? Thank God. There, I got a lot of things God's still dealing with me and helping me with that are not what they should be. But I can see things that I cried out to him and he delivered me from that. And he helped from me from that. We need to remember those things. We need to go to the Lord. It should drive us to the Lord the Apostle Paul said in Hebrews, I mean in Romans chapter 7, 
As a saved man, he says, O oh, wretched man that I am, who should deliver me from the body of this present death? And he goes on to give the answer, I thank God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who's going to deliver me from repeating the same sins, doing the things I know I shouldn't do, and not doing the things I know I should, uh, should do? Who's going to deliver me from these things? He says, the Lord Jesus we need to see ourselves honestly and rightly when we fail. We ought, we're not to ever make an excuse for it. Remember Adam in the garden, right? The Lord comes, Adam, where are you? Uh, I, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. What have you done, Adam? Have you eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which I forbid you to eat from? The woman made me do it. That's not confession. That's not repentance. That's not growth. That's not being restored. There's mercy if we'll come. We can't make excuses. We need to see ourselves rightly and honestly before the Lord. And can I tell you this? We don't have to repeat the same failure next time. We're not destined to it. You know, I don't believe it's biblical, this attitude I see in some Christianity and some modern Christianity and churches that we're just a bunch of goofballs. I've actually heard the pastor stand a huge church. We're just a bunch of goofballs and the Lord knows we mess up and there's no admonition to be holy in that kind of message. Yes, we mess up. But I don't believe we're destined to in Christ, born of the Spirit of Almighty God, filled with the Holy Ghost, to destined to just repeat being a goofball. You know, that we're just going to always fail the Lord. And why? Why can't we go on in maturity in Christ? When I do fail, I thank the Lord there is forgiveness. But why isn't there a, an, a desire in me for God's sake and for God's glory to grow? Why do I have to be ashamed every time? And Oh, I never have shared the gospel because every time I get scared to death. Well, go, go get with God and repent. I'm talking to myself. Go get filled with the Holy Ghost. Let him impart that power to you. And next time, don't back down. Open your mouth and say it. You understand what I mean? God wants us to grow, and he's here to help us grow. Does he forgive us every time? That's not even the question. Does he want us to grow? Yes, every time and all the time. He's made provision for our growth. You don't have to repeat the same failure every time and repeat fall into the same sin thank the Lord that we can grow we should desire this the Lord desires that for us y'all that and it should be my desire and if I'm getting with the Lord and spending time with him and in time in his word I'm going to learn that is his desire for me and his will for me is that I grow and that needs to be my desire so I need to say Lord Make your desires my desires. Take mine away and give me your desires and cause them to be holy. Forgive me, Lord, but I don't want to keep failing. That's what we should say. When we do fail, forgive me, Lord, but I don't want to continue to do that. Help me, show me, strengthen me, hold me, keep me, and help me next time to trust you. Because guess what? There's going to be a next time. Wherever you doubted God, some bad news you heard and it scared you to death. You lost it. 
panicked, went running everywhere looking for some help and didn't go to God, there's going to be another time. There's going to be another one. We need to learn from it. Lord, help me next time to trust you. Next time when I'm tempted, help me to flee to you and flee from the temptation. Next time, Lord, help me to be bold in Christ when I'm around those people. Help me to be prepared and prayed up and filled up and studied up and filled with your word. Help me to keep my eyes fixed upon you, the author and finisher of my faith, during those tests and trials of my faith. Because they're coming. In heaven, we don't, we don't want to be tested anymore when we get to heaven. We get there only by faith in Jesus Christ and his blood that has robed us in the righteousness of Christ. We'll get to heaven. And in heaven, we won't be tested or tried anymore for our faith. And we'll see him, we'll be like him. But between now and then, we need to grow. Help me to be prepared for the next spiritual test because it's coming. Sickness, financial struggle, uh, loved one that's forsaken you, whatever it may be, it's coming. The trials are coming, the test of our faith, and we need to believe the Lord. Lord, I want, this should be our prayer, something like this. I want for your glory and for my growth to pass this test this time. I want to make real progress in my walk with you. Henry Blackaby wrote this book called Experience of God. Many of you have read it or studied it or at least familiar with it. He says this in one of, towards the end of his book. He says, forgiveness is great, but, pre but prevention is better. And I agree with that. I'm talking about as a Christian, now that I'm saved, I've come to the Lord, I've given my life to Christ. I thank the Lord that if and when I fall into sin, there is forgiveness when I turn to him every time. But what's better than that? What would be better than me? Uh, I always lose my temper, and I'm just making this up. Okay, I always lose my temper and yell at my wife and my kids, slam the door and walk out every time. And then I go, and I feel horrible. I'm making this up, by the way. Uh, I go into my bedroom, and I say, Lord, forgive me. That was so wrong. And I go back to my wife and my who's ever in the house and say, forgive me for that. That was so unchristlike. And the Lord forgives me every time. You know something that would be better than that? If when I'm about to lose my temper because things aren't going my way or misunderstood or whatever, if I was governed by the Holy Spirit and remember that a soft answer turns away wrath and to not give place to the devil and to be strong in the Lord at that moment and represent him rightly at that moment, even when I'm feel like I'm being wronged and may be wronged. What would be better? You know, Eric taught this morning the differences of Christianity and Islam. One of them, they're taught in the Quran. If somebody offends you, hurts you, you strike back with the same equal force. Is that what the Bible teaches? No, we're told to turn the other cheek. We're told to love our enemies and pray for them that despitefully use us and persecute us. And so I... Wouldn't that be better? Thank God there's forgiveness. I need the forgiveness of the Lord, the Lord every single day. I'm not downplaying the forgiveness of God. I guess I'm elevating or exalting something in our hearts and minds. What's better would be the prevention. Be strengthened by the Lord and not commit that sin again. It's so far better. It represents the Lord so much more and so more, much greatly. Our Christian lives 
talked about baseball players, the best ones, striking out or not getting on base 70% of the time. Our Christian lives can be a series of failures, yet God can use those failures, many as they are, to build us up in him two things, if we'll allow him to and we'll trust him to. Otherwise, I can just fail and get bitter. And I say, this Christianity stuff doesn't work. Or the whole, that promise in the Bible, that doesn't really work. And I failed, and, and, uh, and I guess it doesn't work, and so forth. We need to believe God to use that in our lives to strengthen us and allow the Lord to have his work in us, even if it's painful, to bring us at least through that. And then there'll be another one to grow us in that area to where we're strengthened and built up in Christ. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and those that be called according to his purpose. All things would include my failures if I allow the Lord to work it for my good and for his glory. If I don't, and I'm just stubborn, how many of you here have ever been stubborn? No, nobody's here ever stubborn, right? Hard-headed. Repeat the same things. I've done it before, uh, trying to build something. It didn't work the first time. It didn't work the 20th time. Whatever I'm trying, whatever tool, it's not going to work. Get something else. You don't feel like running to Home Depot, but you need a new drill bit. This one is not going to do it. You know, we have to learn from these things. I remember uh, building a house, and I was doing the tile, tiling all the counters, and I had to cut a hole through a tile because it was going to fit over like a faucet or something in the tub. Uh, I don't remember. Somewhere it was fitting over something or a gas pipe or something that was sticking out of the wall. And I wanted to make a perfect circle. So I got this hole saw, but it wasn't made for ceramic tile. It was made for wood. And I was like, yang, 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 yang. Uh, 30 minutes. You know, I'm getting cramps in my arms. I'm getting blood vessels are about to pop. But I don't want to stop because I got so much to do to go get the right bit or pay the money. So I'm just, it's not working. I, I do it for 20 minutes. I look at it. It hasn't even taken the color off, you know, or scratched it. And I've got all my might pushing down on it. We have to learn from these things. If I ever do that again, I'm going to get the right one. Okay, I did learn, but I was hard-headed that day. But God wants us to learn. So this message this morning is not an exhortation or an excuse to go out and fail the Lord in some way. Don't leave here thinking that. It is an exhortation that we would learn and grow from the times that we do, the times that we do fail. And we need to be conscious about it. We need to think about it. We need to wake up one day at this altar and say, you know what? Now that I think about it, this is the 10 millionth time I've been to this altar praying for the forgiveness of the same sin. We need to go on and say, God, forgive me. And Lord, God, help me and strengthen me. What is it that's lacking in me? For this particular thing, because you're obviously dealing with me, Lord, about this, this thing. What is it in me that's lacking? I'm your child and I love you and I know you love me. But what is lacking in my spiritual character and maturity that I continue to repeat this same thing? Let him show us and let him... And then you say, God, I give it to you. I give it to you. I turn it over to you. Doesn't mean you'll never fail again. Does mean we're availing ourselves to the Lord for him to actually help us 
We'll have plenty of other failures. We don't have to fail in that same thing, right? He can grow us and move us on. We need a purpose in, I guess, and set our hearts and minds in purpose to not fall and continue in the same sin or failure when our faith is tested. Okay? Don't, we do fail the Lord at times, but don't stay there. We do fail a test of faith at times, but don't be satisfied there. Don't think that is the standard. God's perfect and I'm not, and so this is just the best it's going to be. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what he tells me in his word. And so there's a, there's a, a, a biblical balance to that, being forgiven, but also wanting to grow for God's sake, wanting to grow and move on and not repeat the same thing. It, what it should do is it ought to bring us to a place of desperation. I think it's designed to do that. Not only repentance and forgiveness, but desperate where we're desperate and say, God, you, oh, wretched man that I am, you know, please, please, God, bring me on uh, and, and bring me on to further maturity in Christ. He wants to fill us with the spirit. He wants us to clearly hear his voice. He wants to grow us. Amen. To be fully prepared for the next temptation or test of your faith because it's coming. It is absolutely coming. I love this scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, the Lord tells us, For there hath no temptation taken you, but such that is common to man. But God is faithful, who will also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. We can never say, Lord, I was tempted, and you know I'm really tempted in this area, and you allowed me to be tempted, and so I fell into the temptation, and I committed the sin, and Lord, you know how weak I am, and it's really your fault. We might not ever say those words, but that is a promise from the Lord, and he's not a liar, right? With whatever temptation, no temptation, there's no temptation to ever come to any human being in Christ, okay, that God does not make a way of escape if we'll take it. I need to look for it. I need to wise up. Hey, I'm walking into this situation again. I'm going to be around these same group of unbelievers. I know what the conversation is going to be like. I know I'm going to be tempted to join in. So what do we do? God makes a way of escape. Either don't join them or if you're forced to be with these people at work or whatever, then you, you, know, you find that way of escape that God makes, but look for it. Pray for it, look for it, and then take it when he gives it to you. You and I do not have to sin and fall into the same type of sins over and over again. He delivers us. Israel in the wilderness, they were tempted and tried, right? Didn't have water a bunch of times, didn't have food, didn't have the food they wanted. Uh, Egyptian armies pursuing after them. They were their faith was tested for 40 years, and guess what? The Lord was proving them. That's what the Bible says. He proved them to see if they would trust the Lord or not. They failed utterly. And guess what? They didn't grow from it. They didn't learn from it. They just failed. And their carcasses fell in the wilderness, the Bible said. None of them got to go into the promised land and, uh, because their unbelief. They died in unbelief. They failed. But we go through tests. We need to, we need to pass them. I failed enough in the past. Lord, strengthen me because I know it's coming. I know it's coming. In this world, we're going to have tribulations and trials. 
specifically that the Lord allows us to go through for our faith. So I want to bring this on to a close. But Abraham and Sarah, we read three chapters, three different accounts in those chapters in Genesis where they failed, at least at one time or more than one time, they failed to trust God. Would would we agree with that? They failed at that moment to trust Almighty God to deliver on his promise, to actually bless those two through their physical bodies at that age. He had promised them he would, but they failed to, for God to, uh, to trust God to actually do it. He doubted, they doubted, Sarah laughed. They tried with Hagar, okay? And the Lord says, no, those are all failures. That with Hagar was a failure. Failure on his uh, test of their faith. It was sin. It was unbelief. It was like a, a glaring uh, flaw, a fault. But they didn't stay there. They didn't stay there. They did receive the promised child through their lives. Their life, what do we think of when you think about Abraham in the Bible? When Abraham is mentioned to a believer, the first thing people think of is faith, right? Faith. He's the father of us all in Christianity, so to speak, in the faith. Okay, he received the promise how? By the works of the law? No, he was 500 years before the law or 400 years. He he received the promise that was made because he obtained it by faith. That's what we think of when we think of Abraham. Failure, 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 failure. We don't remember all that because he did learn and grow. He received the turn with me. And the Bible uh, speaks of him as a man of faith. I want you to turn with me. We're going to read a passage in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Let's pick up in verse 17 and we'll read through verse 22. This is speaking of Abraham. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope, this is speaking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And he being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. That's how we ended up. I'd have to say, a lot of things can be taught from the life of Abraham, a lot of wonderful sermons, and have been. But one of them is that he didn't. his life is not characterized by those failures and testings of his faith. The Lord tested him. The Lord allowed him to be tested. He failed him. The Lord knew he was going to fail in those tests, and yet he didn't leave him. He kept encouraging him. No, that's not it. It's not going to be Hagar, and it's not going to be Eleazar. It's going to be Abraham and Sarah. For the third time, I'm telling you, it's going to be Abraham and Sarah. Out of your own bowels, you're going to have this child. And guess what? He received the child. And the Bible tells us he received the child Isaac by faith. That's how he received him. We have to learn, y'all. We have to learn. Let's say it the scriptures. Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. I can't think of a bigger failure in the New Testament 
then Peter, the night that Jesus was arrested, as they were having the Last Supper together, and, and the Lord says, you know, all of y'all are going to be offended because of me tonight, and you're all going to flee, all of you. Peter says, you, these other 11 guys might, but I'm not. They might. I will die for you. I will not deny you. Truly, truly, Peter, I'm telling, to you, telling you before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. What happened? Before the cock crew and the sun came up in the morning, Peter denied him three times. And everyone was more severe denial. By the third time, he's cursing and saying, I told you, I don't know this man, Jesus. Wow. Can you think of a bigger failure? He said he would die for him. He loved the Lord, but he failed utterly and completely. But can I tell you this? Peter did not stay in a failure. The Lord did not abandon him in his failure. After Jesus died and rose again, he came and he says, you tell the disciples and Peter that I'm going before them to Galilee and he's going to find me there. He comes and pulls Peter aside after he rose from the dead. And he says, do you love me, Peter? And he says, Lord, you know. He goes and feed my sheep. So not only was Peter forgiven, he was recalled and recommissioned and set back on his feet by Almighty God, set back to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Peter did end up dying for the Lord. He lived for God, and it was time when it was time he died for the Lord. He didn't stay in unbelief. Can I tell you he learned? It was a painful lesson, very painful lesson. But praise God, he had a painful lesson and learned. He, he might have, didn't mean he was perfect from that day forward, but I'll tell you what he didn't do. He didn't repeat that same failure. He didn't curse and deny the Lord. He hung upside down on a cross instead and died. So I'm just bringing this uh, to a close. It's only a failure, y'all. Really, ultimately, a pointless, no good, worthless failure if I don't learn from it. You and I need to learn from it. We can either learn from it or we can stay there and wallow around in our sin, take our eyes off of Jesus Christ, focus on ourselves and our failures, and just sink down into ourselves. You ever sunk down into yourself for a little while? Not a good place to be. I want to be in the Lord's hands. I want to be spiritually minded. I want to have my thoughts upon the Lord and be lifted up. It's best not to fail best to believe the Lord. The Bible says, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. That is the admonition and the instruction, right? The commandment. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I need to focus on that first part. Sin not. Trust the Lord. Grow in the Lord. Learn from those times that I failed the Lord. I want to close with this. Indeed, you can come up Abraham and Sarah, Peter, had notable failures. We get to read about them. Everybody didn't, praise God, everybody didn't get to read about my failures in the faith as a Christian where I've failed the Lord and sinned against the Lord when I knew better. I should be way beyond that by now. What am I doing uh, this for? Fail to trust God in some way. But none of these lives, Abraham, Sarah, Peter, none of them, 
died in unbelief, like the Israelites. They died in unbelief in the wilderness. They didn't learn and grow up. Their tests of their faith were wasted, not because God wasted them, but because they wasted them. They didn't learn and grow. They didn't turn to God. They didn't humble themselves before the Lord and say, I'm pathetic and weak. Lord, I'm going to fail again if you don't help me. They didn't turn to God and believe the Lord. We need to turn the Lord to the Lord. We need to grow in the Lord and be strengthened and built up. So I'm going to close with this scripture that I read a moment ago. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. She was about 90. She was about 90 and Abraham was about 100 because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and the sand of the sea, which is by the seashore, innumerable. I want to learn. Amen. I, not, I want to not fail the Lord. But when I do, I certainly want to learn from it and grow in Christ. And that's what he wants for us. Y'all stand. These altars are open. I pray and encourage you even now as these plan. You don't have to wait. Come to this altar. Meet with the Lord. Talk to the Lord about sin or failures in your life. Ask him to strengthen you. Not only to forgive us, Lord, but to strengthen us. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Lord, we don't have to, our life has, does not have to be characterized by unbelief, by sin, by, by uh, being ashamed of the gospel, by failure in our tests of faith, God. I'm so thankful, Lord, personally and for your people that there is mercy and forgiveness with you. As often as we do sin, we have an advocate. We have forgiveness and we have cleansing through the blood of Jesus Christ. But Lord, I also pray as your children, just like we would want with our natural children, at some point they need to grow up, not continue the same mistake or disobedience or immaturity. God, I just pray that for us and for your people that you would grow us we don't repeat the same sins and failures and bringing you shame and uh, failing some test of our faith, Lord. Help us like Sarah to judge you faithful who promised. Help us like Abraham not to stagger at the promise of God through unbelief on our part. Help us to be still and know that you're God. Help us to trust you and believe that with men it's impossible but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Strengthen us and build us up, God, for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name.